You're listening to the Being Stellar Podcast, the podcast for modern leaders and entrepreneurs who are tired of hustle culture and ready to invite more ease and more prosperity into their lives. I'm your host, Deborah Stellingworth, master teacher and coach, and I am obsessed with helping you avoid burnout while you create a sustainable lifestyle full of possibility and profit on your terms. On the show, you'll hear inspiring stories of possibility, and you'll get empowering strategies and insights from me to support you in creating your stellar life. Well, hello, and welcome back to the Being Stellar podcast. I am your host, Deborah Stellingworth, and today we are going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects, which is language and words and specifically the language of sales leadership and falling in love with sales. You see, so many people that I work with or come into contact with who are entrepreneurs say to me at some point, but I don't want to come across as salesy. And none of us do because we believe that I think that people believe that being salesy means that you're going to be in convincing and manipulation and, um, you know, uh, convincing people to do things they don't want to do, which is not what sales is at all, my friends, not at all. And here's the, the fact of the matter. If you want to increase your income and your impact with your business, you need to learn to fall in love with sales which is the exact opposite of being salesy. So if you're ready to increase your confidence and your results, stick with me and we're going to talk about how you can fall in love with sales. So as I said, most entrepreneurs that I meet have issues around this, but what they also have is servant hearts. Most entrepreneurs that I meet have this concern about sales and they are not wanting to be salesy. In fact, they are so determined not to be salesy, I believe, because what they also have in common is that they have servant hearts. They really, really want to help people by offering their services. And the thing that often gets in the way of them helping more people is that fear of coming across as salesy, what I call their fear of sales, obviously. So Here's the thing is that the key to overcoming this fear of sales is to fall in love with the sales process and see it as a path to serving. There are two forces at work in the world, love and fear. And if you have fear of something like sales, it's a good idea to look at it and say, what is the root of that fear? And I'm not going to go too deep into that specifics. And each of us have a different reason for it. For me, I had a fear that becoming a salesperson was going to betray my membership in the academic community that I was a part of for many years in my previous career as a teacher and uh, as an educator. And I really felt that I was uh, being disloyal to that world of academia and all the, the hallowed halls of academia, which is such nonsense and rubbish. I realize that, um, one of my good friends, Emma, who I was teaching with, she was also a teacher, when I expressed my concern about, you know, kind of being a sellout and traitor to education and the community of academia by becoming a salesperson, she pointed out to me, what are you talking about? She said, you know, and she pointed out to me that 
I'm already in sales. I just happened to spend my days convincing teenagers that it was a good idea to learn to communicate and write more effectively. You know, and honestly, that's probably the toughest uh, audience you're ever going to get is a room full of teenagers. So I was already in sales. And when Emma pointed that out to me, that began the journey of shifting my mindset around sales. I still had a long ways to go to fall in love with sales. And that was really the first step that I was already doing it. And most of us are, whether you're convincing your three-year-old to eat his broccoli, uh, true story, watched my daughter do that last night with our grandson. Um, and you know, whether you're teaching your kid to eat his broccoli or you're trying to let someone know that you could really help them with your service, you're in sales. So if you can start to see that way that everything is, is sales, then you can start to shift your mindset around what it is to be in sales. Another thing I want to talk about before I get into the, the three steps of falling in love with sales is that sales is not what most people think it is. And I say that because most people believe that sales is about convincing people to do something. And usually that means convincing them to do something they, not, they don't really quite want to do. We have this trope of the sleazy salesperson, the sleazy used car salesman, because in that scenario, we've got the, the used car salesman is selling something that isn't necessarily going to be that great, right? You know, you drive off the lot and your, the tires fall off or something, and, and there's that that you know stereotype of that's what salespeople do. They convince you to buy something that isn't really good. And here's the thing, that's not sales. That's trickery or something else. Sales in my world is about helping people make decisions in their best interest. It has nothing to do with convincing people to do something they don't wanna do. Now, there is some skill involved in supporting people in making decisions that are in their best interest when they are fearful of making the wrong decision. Now, at the end of the day, they get to choose what is the right decision. But as a sales professional, your job is to help them see what their options are, help them to see what would be in their best interest based on your investigative questions that have asked them what they're wanting to achieve. And so when you approach sales that way of your job is to help people make decisions, it'll change the way you show up in your sales conversations. So as I said, the key to overcoming sales is to fall in love with the process and see it as a, as a path to serving. So when you're able to get there where you can see sales as a path to service, it will help you to embrace the whole process. You're going to enjoy it a lot more and you're going to get better results because when you let go of that fear of being salesy, that fear of being convincing or being seen as you know, a used car salesman type, when you let go of that and you just focus all of your attention and energy on helping your prospective client make a decision in their best interest, you can drop all this nonsense about convincing and manipulation. Okay. So because really your job is to 
help people make decisions in their best interest. And when you're worried about what they think about you being salesy, when you're worried about being salesy or uh, manipulative, etc., then your focus isn't on helping them. Your focus is on how they might perceive you. And when you turn your focus to helping them make a decision in their best interest, you'll find that things go better for you in your business because, newsflash, that is what you get paid for, not the outcome. So if you're a realtor or you're in financial services or even even a coach, I work with some coaches and consultants as well in my business and my practice, but no matter what your profession is, if it's a service-based sales profession, like real estate, you get paid for helping your clients make decisions, not for the outcome. Let me repeat that because it's really important. When you focus on not getting them the house or getting them the um, the certain interest rate or, get, I mean, some of that is true. It's part of your job, okay? But when your focus is on helping them make decisions by gathering information, presenting options, solving problems for them, and your focus is there, you're going to enjoy the process so much more, okay? So remember that. You get paid to help people make decisions in their best interest, whether it's a service or a product that you're selling. Okay, before I go any further, let me remind you that I've studied this stuff for a little while. For those of you who are new to the show, my background is in education and real estate. I was a high school English teacher for 15 years. I've got a master's degree in rhetorical studies and literature. And that means that I've studied language and literature for over 22 years. And then I went into real estate and ran a successful business for six years because I realized very quickly when I got into real estate that I didn't know the language and I had to learn it because I have a fascination with language. Then I realized hey, I want to teach other people this stuff because it works and I happen to be really good at it. And that's what uh, caused me to shift into coaching about five years ago. And, uh, you know, the difference for me in realizing that I needed to learn the language of real estate was that I went from my first six months in real estate without a coach doing two deals. And then I hired a coach and I started actively learning the language of sales leadership. And that's what I call it. That's not what the the coach I was with uh, called it, but that's what I've come to call it is the language of sales leadership. And when I became active in learning the language of sales leadership, my second six month, I did 15 more transactions. And that was not even in a hot market. That was just a normal market. So it shows you the impact of really learning to ask the right questions and guide the conversation in a way that helps the clients make decisions. You know, and I really do believe that because I learned the language of sales leadership is why I was able to hit six figures in my first year, double my income in my second year, and then continue to increase it in consecutive years. And that all had to do with me mastering the language of sales leadership. And that's why I'm such a, you know, I'm on a soapbox a lot about the importance of learning to speak the language. It's not enough that you want to help people. You need to be able to help them make decisions. And I think so often professionals think that I just want to help them. I just want to show them here are the options and let me send you a search or let me send you this information about this investment product or um, whatever your thing is. And 
you know, you might be giving them information that's not even valuable to them because you haven't had a chance, you haven't even checked if it's valuable. So, you know, it's just so important to know the language. If, you know, you were in Spain, I'll use Spain as an example, go to Spain and you didn't speak Spanish, you're not going to have as enjoyable of an experience and you're going to miss out on some nuances. And so the better you get with the language when you're living in a, in a different place or visiting a different place, the better experience is going to be. And if you chose to live in the land of entrepreneurship, you need to learn the language. You're going to have a better experience if you do. Okay. Now, because I'm a teacher, of course, I wanted to shift my focus to, to coaching once I mastered the language of sales leadership. And I continue to learn this all the time. Even when I got into coaching, a big part of the, the work I did was had to learn how to run the business of coaching. And this is why I now help other coaches do it because there's way too many coaches out there who are really, really, really good at coaching and good at serving and supporting people and absolute shit at having sales conversations. And so there's these people who are not able to serve because they're not good at having a sales conversation. They're so afraid of seeming salesy. And it's such, such a shame when I see somebody with such a big servant heart in any profession or any entrepreneurial field who just really wants to serve, but they can't have a sales conversation. So they're not closing their sales. You know, and I really find that learning the language of sales leadership puts you into this space where it just becomes easier and you are less likely to feel hustle and and struggle with burnout because you're at ease with what you're doing. So now what I'm sharing here today on the show is from one of the core pillars of my Aligned and Prosperous coaching program, where we focus on mindset blocks you need to clear and the language skills you need to develop in order to fall in love with sales. So you can have a greater impact and make more money in your business. This stuff isn't just for newbies, by the way. I work with sales professionals who've been in their roles for 15, 20, even 30 years. I actually have two clients working with me right now, who uh, one who's been in the business for, of real estate for 30 years and another 27. And they are lifelong learners and always tweaking their language. And, um, you know, if you remember, you might have said this yourself or you might have heard somebody say it that, oh, in high school, right? You're like, why do we study? How about I have to take English class? I speak English. Well, here's the thing with language is that it's a lifelong process of learning. I said before, I have a master's degree in literature and rhetorical studies, which this is the persuasive use of language. And I'm learning words all the time because I've intentionally, I'm learning to increase my and improve my vocabulary and my delivery. And when I do that, my business gets better. Surprise, surprise. So the thing I love about the clients that I'm working with is that they are open to finding more ease and mastery in their business by mastering the language of sales leadership. And the result is that these are people who are really good at sales and are falling in love with it in a way they never have before, um, which means they're closing more clients and making more money, which is what I'm all about in the Aligned and Prosperous program is making sure that you are operating in your business in an aligned way from everything to what you're doing, to how you're showing up, to how you are having your sales conversations to make sure that it feels really good for you the way you are uh, doing your sales. And also making sure you're not burning yourself out and that you're making more money. So I'm going to sum it up for you now. There's three key steps you can take to learn to love the sales process. And here they are. 
The first one is a mindset shift. And it requires you to be unattached from the outcome. And that is tougher than it sounds, I know. The example that I like to use is one of a server in a restaurant offering you dessert. If you're anything like me, you may never eat dessert in a restaurant. I rarely do. Um, I get full quite quickly, and so I will eat my meal, and I'm like, I'm good. I rarely want dessert. But I always want to know what's on the menu. So the server will come over and ask after the meal, would you like to see the dessert menu? And I will always say yes, because even though I don't want to have dessert, I want to know what my options are. I like to know what options are. And there might be some time when I do want dessert. And so I will ask for the the menu and I will look at it and I will review and I will see what's on there. And is anything on there worth the calories and the sugar. So I've shared before, I'm borderline diabetic, so I have to be really careful uh, when I eat the sugar. So it really has to be worth it. If I'm going to get a sugar hangover from something, it's going to have to be really freaking amazing. So um, (laughs) I digress. So I will ask to look at the menu and the, I will look at it and the server will come back and I will say, when the, when the server asks me, do you want to have dessert? Um, and I will say, no, I've decided I don't want anything. And the server will go away and that will be that. The server does not go into the kitchen and cry, oh, table four, didn't buy dessert. Oh no, woe is me. The server goes on to the next table. Hey, would you like dessert? And when we can become as neutral as a server in a restaurant offering dessert to a, to a client or a customer, when we can become that neutral inside of ourselves, then we will not hate the sales process. I mean, that's a really important part. It's being attached, unattached from the outcome. Because when you're attached going, I need to make this sale in order to pay my bills this month, or in order to feel good about myself, I need to make this sale. Then it's about you. The focus is now on you again. And so it's really key that that mindset shift has to happen. It's the focus is on the client and what they want. Or, and if they don't want it, it's no big deal. Because all of the money you need is in the next conversation you have with the next potential client. And so if you can be unattached from the outcome with this particular client you're working with, it will make the process much more enjoyable for you because you'll be focusing on serving rather than trying to get something from them. So I want to give you an example of one of my clients who has been in business for a really long time. And the other day, uh, she came to her coaching call and was really excited that she tried out one of my language shift techniques in a uh, email conversation with a client. So this is a client that she's been nurturing for a number of years. And the client has finally reached out with some documentation that was required in order to move the the process forward of listing the home and the client just sent over the information they haven't actually you know hadn't talked about listing the home or anything but the client just said here I've got this now and my client shared that in the past she would have said okay thanks and waited for instructions from the client as to what the next steps are and this time she responded. She responded with the phrase, so does this mean you're ready to list your home? 
So literally, it was just a, a direct question to clarify. And she basically said, so to clarify, does this mean you're ready to, to list your home? Is that accurate? And then the, the client responded, yep, let's do that. And they were ready to go. So she's got the listing up within a week. Whereas before she would have waited for that instruction just because she didn't want to seem pushy. And so, you know, when she was really unattached from the outcome of just saying, hey, does this mean you're ready to list your home without making it mean anything? You know, because some people will be afraid to ask that question because it feels like, oh, I'm being pushy if I ask that question. Um, you're only being pushy if you have an ulterior motive that's that's about you and not about you helping the client. So I had a good question. Did this training on how to fall in love with sales recently. And I had a really great question from someone in the audience who was asking me what to say in an open house when a client doesn't seem interested in, or sorry, a prospective client doesn't seem interested in continuing the conversation. And in this case, the client had, a, the, the realtor had a really great conversation with somebody and then wanted to extend that conversation and said, hey, well, I could, would you like me to send you the sale price once it happens? I mean, and the, the person said, no, thanks. And she, the realtor couldn't figure out why. And I said, well, because that person knows you're just trying to get their email address. So I want to slow that down and ask them, would it be valuable to you if I were to send you the sales price once this place is sold? This, we know the person was doing research. So then she's more likely to get a yes. I, I know because I've tried this a lot. So when you check in first and say, would this be valuable? So that's one of the ways to stay unattached. Sometimes we just like throw value at people because we think it's valuable. And I always want to say like, make sure like you're not throwing value at people that you think is valuable and they don't. Uh, for example, in my open house training that I do, what I teach realtors, and you can extrapolate how this works for you in your industry if you're not a realtor, you know, to ask questions. Like at the end of a conversation with a prospective buyer client, and they're ready to leave the open house, I might say something like, you know, I have a process that I take buyers through that makes their home buying process more effective and efficient. Does that sound like something you'd like to do? And when I get the yes, then I'm able to say, okay, well, let's meet in my office and I'll take you through that process. But if I was to phrase it like, oh, you know what, you should really come to my office and we can go through this process and that, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be really more about you as opposed to saying like nobody likes to be told they should do something that's salesy because that's convincing right anytime i'm telling somebody they should do something i'm in convincing mode when i'm asking them with genuine curiosity would this be valuable to you you know i think it would be but do you think it's valuable then you're much more likely to build a, a connection based on trust and um, an effective service and really giving value. So that's the first thing is like, get your mindset cleaned up around sales and service. There's another podcast episode that I recorded last year called pleasing versus serving. Have a listen to that. If you're struggling to be, you're struggling with being attached to the outcome, whether it's on how, whether or not the clients like you or the financial outcome, that would be a podcast or probably episode that would probably help you out a lot. Okay, so number two in your steps to be becoming someone who is in love with sales is to be an elite learner. I find that the people who tell me they don't want to be salesy are the ones who don't take time to learn the language of sales leadership. 
when I have clients who come to me, often newer, newer people in the business, newer agents or newer in the business. And they're like, but I don't know how to get clients. I'm like, well, first of all, stop trying to get clients and focus on developing the skills that will help you to make the most of situations where there's an opportunity to have a conversation that could lead to that person becoming your client. And that doesn't just happen when you're focused on getting clients. When you're focused on being an elite learner of your business and the skills that you need to be really, really awesome and really successful in your business, that's when things really begin to shift and you really start to enjoy your business and get the results that you want. So an elite learner in any domain thinks about skill building and building a skill takes time and effort. The elite learner knows these things. Building a skill takes time and effort. They're willing to invest the time and be tenaciously persistent. You know, I'm getting better at my craft and my business skills and my sales leadership skills all the time. I have a coach that I work on with that as I do different types of marketing and as I'm doing outreach, I'm always doing that. I'm like, I'm not done. Even though I have some expertise here and I can help people um, a lot, I'm not done and I don't view myself as being finished with learning the language of sales leadership. I'm like, until I'm like, I don't know, until I'm dead or something, I think I will still always be learning. That's the whole, the whole key to really being tenacious about investing your time in learning and growing. So you become better and better at it. And honestly, the better that I get at my my with my business skills and my sales skills, the easier it is to run my business, the more enjoyable it is, the less stress I have. So it's really key. You know, yes, there's all those things about wellness that we have to consider, like, and I build all of those into that's another part, another conversation for a different day. And I've got other podcasts on that. There's those actions we can take, but it's also just like getting really good at what you do makes doing it easier. The other thing is to understand that elite learners understand that discomfort is part of the process. There are times when I'm doing something new, I might be choosing to market in a new way. And in this past year, I've decided to really uh, extend my reach in my business, which means I've been doing some online marketing and letting people know that I exist because up until this point, I've run a very successful coaching practice on my reputation by word of mouth, by invitation, by referral, that has been fine, but I wanted to increase my reach and impact more people because I saw there was uh, really a place for me to be of service to more people. And sometimes when I'm trying things out, it means getting uncomfortable, you know, putting myself out there in a different way with videos or marketing or doing emails. And just the other day, I was writing an email about my master plan event. I do one in every every November. It's a business planning event. And I call it master plan because it's your whole life you're planning, not just your business, because your business should support your life. And I was writing the email and I was like, I just, it occurred to me, huh, I'm getting good at writing these kinds of sales emails. And they are sales, right? I mean, anytime I'm sharing something, you know, um, marketing is just a two-step process of share what you do and make offers. And so when I'm sharing in an email like that, I am letting people know what's available. And I was like, wow, I'm getting good at that. And when I first started writing those emails, man, was it uncomfortable. It took a long time and I felt worried about getting the words right. And now it's getting easier. Okay. So another characteristic of an elite learner 
is that they know if they avoid discomfort, they're going to prevent learning. I don't always enjoy being uncomfortable. I've gotten used to it, right? The more we grow as entrepreneurs, the more familiar we are with the discomfort. But, you know, we don't go towards it naturally. I mean, our our daily battle as entrepreneurs is to fight the resistance of being uncomfortable. And so when we recognize that avoiding that discomfort is going to prevent our learning, then that's when we lean into becoming an elite learner and can more likely fall in love with the sales process. Another perspective of an elite learner that you need to keep in mind is that you're going to make mistakes. And those mistakes will teach you. You know, I've made offers. I've shared things. People are like, no, thanks. I'm like, well, okay, I missed that. I've done trainings that I, I do free trainings in my Facebook group and on my, and by Zoom at least a couple times a month. And I've had some trainings where I've got tons and tons of people and other trainings like one person who's already my client registers. And I'm like, well, got that title wrong. Clearly that's not a title that resonated with people. And in the past I would have been mortified by that. Remember, I'm a recovering perfectionist. And so if I didn't get it right in the past, that was a problem for me. But I chose to be an elite learner. And that was part of that falling in love with the sales process. And then finally, the last characteristic of an elite learner is to be open to receiving feedback and coaching. I will never not have a coach. I've had a coach since six months into my journey as an entrepreneur. So that's over 11 years now. And I've just seen the results it's had and it's given me this opportunity to really fast track my growth because I'm open to receiving the feedback, taking it, doing something with it and, and growing. And so that's the mindset of an elite learner. So when you have the mindset of an elite learner. It's that you have the mindset of someone who's going to get better every single day. And honestly, if you don't have that mindset, you're probably not going to do the work and you will never fall in love with sales. But relationships take work, whether it's your, your friends, your family, your partner, it requires some effort from you. And if you want to have a healthy, loving relationship with sales, you're going to need to spend some time mastering the skills. And trust me, it is so, so worth it. Okay, so we've talked about the first two keys to becoming someone who loves sales. Mindset, unattached from the outcome. And number two, be an elite learner. And the final one is, drum roll please, you're probably not going to be surprised because I know that often I come around to this in my conversations. Number three to learning to love sales is to face your money fears. If you have money fears or stories that are negative, you will always struggle with sales because sales is about money. It's about money changing hands. So you're always going to struggle with the sales process and, and it's going to keep you from falling in love with sales if you have stories about what money means or about what money, what it means about you, whether you have it or not. So if you have stories like money is the root of all evil, rich people are greedy, I can only make more money if I work harder, I don't think I can handle it if I get bigger, I don't do it for the money. Oh my gosh, that one drives me nuts. Of course you do it for the money. You need to put food on your table and a roof over your head and clothes on your body. And it takes money to do that. So when I hear people say, and it's mostly women, I don't know, I don't think men say that very often, but I mostly hear women say it. I don't do it for the money. I'm like, 
Why do we feel the need to say that? I actually have theories on that that I talk about inside my money program, but the inside the Alender Prosperous program, um, and I probably talked about it in another email, but or sorry, another podcast. But here's the thing: it's like when you catch yourself saying, "I don't do it for the money," then it's an indication that you're actually kind of like kind of repelling money. The money's going, okay, go ahead and do it. I'm just going to go ha- go over here and do something else over here. Um, another mindset thing around money you might have is that. If you have any feelings about not being deserving of getting paid well for your work, then you're going to block yourself with the sales process and it's going to be hard for you to love sales Um, because you will find ways to block yourself if you believe that somehow you are not worthy of receiving money and, you know, and as a result, you won't enjoy the sales conversation because honestly, the sales conversation is about money because all sales conversations are about money. You might think as a realtor that, oh, it's about whether or not they want to buy this house. But no, it's not. It's actually whether or not they want to spend their money to buy this house. And that's why it's a big deal. And your clients, if you're a real estate agent, you're in financial services, or even if you're a coach or consultant, the conversations, the sales conversations can get tricky with people because they have their own fear about money. They have their own fears about spending money, about having it, about investing in themselves, um, about making the wrong decision with money. So the more clean inside of yourself you are about your money and the relationship you have with money, the easier it's going to be for you to have effective sales conversations. It's actually going to be way more fun too. When I started the work of cleaning up my money story, man, it did change my whole perspective around sales. And that's what one of the, one of the four pillars inside the Line Your Prosperous program is money. We focus on the practical and energetic tools to help you really shift your experience of money. Because really in your, in your business, you're not creating money. You're creating you having an experience of money. And when you change your story around money, that changes everything. So there you have it. This is it in a nutshell. Obviously there's some transformational work and some process to go through to change some of these things, but those are three key, key ingredients to shifting your relationship with sales, having an unattached mindset around sales conversations becoming an elite learner and really up-leveling your skills, and then handling your money story, getting really clean inside about how you feel with money, how you relate to money. So we handle all of that stuff inside the Align and Prosperous program. We go deeper into everything that I've shared here today. If you feel you're ready to show up for yourself like an elite learner and you'd like to know what support from me can look like, simply DM me on Facebook or Instagram. You can find me at Coach Deb Stell or email me at hello at debrastellingworth.com and I'll share the Aligned and Prosperous program information video with you. Or if you know that you want to have a conversation instead of watching the video, simply message me again on Instagram, Facebook, or via email. I'm at Coach Deb Stell on all the places or email me at hello at debrastellingworth.com with simply the phrase, let's talk. And I will send you a calendar link and we'll book a call and have a conversation about what's going to serve you best. You falling in love with sales is such a vital ingredient for your success and for your ability to impact and serve the people that you want to help. So I hope that you will take that step. Um, It's really helpful for me when you reach out and let me know what was an insight or something you learned from my podcast. So I'd appreciate that. Otherwise, I look forward to uh, having you join me again in future episodes. Make a wonderful day. Keep being stellar. And I will talk to you again really soon. Bye for now. (music) 